Welcome to our final EPL Insights of 2023. Gareth Wheeler, Jake Osgathorpe uh, with you. I uh, hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and we're looking ahead to the new year as well. How's Christmas for you, Jake? Aside from the football, everything well with the family? Yeah, um, very different this year. Obviously, the first Christmas with a baby. Um, yeah, very different. Still takes some getting used to, that is for certain. But yeah, it was good fun. Got to see a lot of people, ate a lot of food, drank a lot. Christmas. <laughs> it's just much different, though, when you have that child. And my, my, my boy's yeah. two now, and he asked Santa Claus for two things for Christmas. He asked for pickles and a pickup truck, and he got both. So nice. successful Christmas on his end. And the football <laughs> since Christmas time as well, it, it's been very good. Lo and behold, we don't do a podcast. I probably have my best match day of games in weeks, but we're going to look forward to the final games of 2023. And we'll move into the new year as well as games will be played on January 1st and January 2nd. We're also at match day 20 where the reverse fixtures are going to take place. So a little bit more data or reference points in terms of how these two sides played against one another before it's a replica of the reverse fixtures from match day three as well. Uh, not a lot of great games on paper, but the way the Premier League's been ticking over, expect the unexpected. And even games where you're thinking they might be a little bit of a dog have turned out to be very good. So as always, our feature five, um, and we'll go rapid fire for the rest. We should say that not every team has played one another. The City-Brentford match was postponed as City are now FIFA World Cup World Club Cup champions. Uh, congratulations. They had the badge and the crest. I'm not sure what I make of that, Jake. Maybe going a step too far. The new expanded tournament that's upcoming, maybe that will have, there'll be something more to talk about there, but that tournament doesn't do much for me. Uh, Shall we get into this week's fixtures or anything else catching your eye? The the only one thing that's worth mentioning is getting a grasp on the injury list and who's in and who's out. Um, It's been a, Entirely influential. Some teams have just been ravaged. We've seen Newcastle, Spurs, Manchester United, the latest squad that's just been absolutely decimated, where you can't really take their their, their data necessarily at face value. It's Brentford. Like they're just without so many key players. Is, is that the big takeaway right now? Is just injuries and the way that it's, it's affecting the various form of various sides? Yeah, definitely. Um, Brentford, uh, like you said, they're the, the main kind of uh, well the talking point over here uh, how many players they've got out um the team we've discussed a lot on the pod just having excellent underlying data not quite getting the results the performances deserve and then you throw in you know th- this ridiculously long injury list that's basically a starting 11 um and yeah it does it does leave you questioning what you know what can happen to them because yeah they've played well so far and they should be higher in the league but they're only four points above for the bottom three heading into this game week um so yeah, it's it, it's probably quite a little bit of a scary period for Brentford to navigate. They might have to do a bit of business in January, depending on the length of some of the injuries. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something to, to factor. And I think we're just we're just well, we're, we're we're viewing and living through the effects of the Winter World Cup, um, aren't we? With the fact that the the fixture con- congestion since the start of last season is is catching up with quite a lot of teams. Um, too many minutes in players' legs. Well, that's it. Brentford's not playing in, in, in cup football anywhere. Spurs, the same thing in those two sides. It's, I, I think it's more understandable what's happened to United and, and, and Newcastle and, and teams like that. So th- that one's a little bit surprising as well. Uh, like I said, let's go straight into our feature five. Uh, it's a footballer, footballing fans dream here for the next couple of days is football every day uh, through January 2nd. Then a little bit of a break with the FA Cup fixtures upcoming the first week in January before we get back into Premier League action. So let's th- start things off with the first game of match day 20. It's Luton Town and Chelsea. Uh, the, these two sides played to a 3-0 Chelsea win at Stamford Bridge earlier this season, but things have gone in 
very different directions for these two sides. As for Luton Town, coming off a 3-2 win over Sheffield United, that's despite losing the XG battle, according to Understat, 3.62 to just 0.72, two own goals, a sinking Sheffield United. And as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, that smile is straight <laughs> slapped right across the face of Jake Osgathorpe. Back-to-back wins for Luton Town now. They played to over two and a half and five of six. Both teams to score has played in five five of six as well. And we've documented this in past weeks on the podcast. They played very well at home. Two, one, and two over their last five. Wins over Newcastle and Crystal Palace. A draw against Liverpool. And hard-fought losses. One goal losses to Man City and Arsenal. As for Chelsea, back in the win column. An important win for Mopo and company. Two win over Palace. An 89th-minute penalty. Sealed it. And now they've won three games of their last four. However, they haven't kept a clean sheet in their last three. Both teams to score has played in 8 of 10, and they have, however, lost their last four away fixtures. Ten goals conceded over that span. Um, So what do you make of this game? Um, Chelsea seem to be moving in the right direction, although it's happening at a glacial pace and altogether (laughs) unconvincing at times, and Loontown continuing to prove to be a difficult team to play against. Uh, Juba play in this game. Yeah, I'm just going to keep taking Luton on the handicap uh, when they're playing at home, especially when it's above uh, plus one. Um, it is exactly on that number this game, which means we get a money back if they lose by one goal. And, and they haven't been beaten by a, by more than one goal at home this season. They've lost five at home, um, but they've all been pushes with two wins uh, and, and two draws delivering at this this kind of handicap. Um you know, discussed it many times now that the home and away process is just incredibly polar opposite. I'm not saying the home process is good um, because it's not. It's still, uh, you know, relegation worthy in the sense that they're conceding around 1.8 expected goals. And they're generating just over 1.3. But away from home, they're conceding nearly double the the chances that they are uh, when playing at home. 3.6, basically, which... Yeah, that, that ain't going to cut it. And like you said, that, that win at Sheffield United was a fortunate one. Um, they needed Sheffield United to score a couple of goals for them. But I've got faith in them at Kenilworth Road of, of making this very, very difficult for Chelsea. And as you mentioned, Chelsea's away form has been poor. Like they, They've really struggled on the road. Uh, the game against Crystal Palace was hugely in the balance in midweek uh, before the late penalty. It was, you know, it's a stonewall penalty, but Chelsea did create a couple of chances before that. But I wasn't watching it going, like being blown away by Chelsea. Um, they're still trying to figure things out. Obviously, Lavia came back in for, for the first time in a while off the bench. And Kunku got a first start. We're starting to see little bits of him. Uh, I think Pochino's still trying to figure out what his best 11 is and what his best forward line is. So, yeah, the, the, there's still enough. I've still got enough issues around Chelsea to, to kind of avoid them altogether when it comes to trying to get them on side, especially when they're giving a full goal head start on the handicap, which they just haven't warranted that respect this season. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with plucky Luton uh, to get another result. And, you know, they are buzzing two wins in a row within, within touching yeah. distance of safety. It's um, pretty remarkable actually. And, and the home form has been something that's caught the eye. Even when they do lose, it, it, it seems to be very tightly contested. Chelsea 3-1-5 um, away from home. They've conceded more goals than they've scored away from home as well. No chance I can back them in this game. Uh, I'm with you. A full unit play, Luton Town on the handicap, plus one at minus 117. The other thing I just wanted to mention, you mentioned Lavia back into the team. Uh Sounds like he might have come off with something. Regardless, oh, Pochettino's no. going to have to be careful. I, I, it doesn't sound like it's anything big at this point, but it's something to certainly monitor in the coming days. And is he just going to throw him back out there with a quick turnaround? You know, Fernandez is already out, so the midfield shape. It, it, it seems to be an area of the park if they don't have all their players in that area, they struggle to a certain degree. Take away one of Gallagher, Fernandez, Caicedo, it just leaves a little bit of a hole. They still don't really have convincing fullback play as well. So I, I think Luton Town they play within their structure you're right the process isn't great all the time but i think it's good enough to keep this tight in this game against chelsea so i i considered both teams to score but i mean it's at minus 135 just gonna stay away from the total here and just make that my only play in this one so luton town plus one at minus 117 so we agree 
out of the gate. Lovely. Uh, let's continue to move things forward. It's also a game upcoming on uh, on, sat- uh, on Saturday. It's Nottingham Forest and Manchester United. Uh, Forest coming off a statement 3-1 victory at St. James's Park over Newcastle after going down a goal in that game. Chris Wood with a hat-trick. Why would you know? Incredible. Uh, scoring a hat-trick against his former team. And a 3.11 XG for Nottingham Forest in this game, providing Nuno Espirito Santo his first victory as manager of Newcastle, or sorry, of Nottingham Forest, which also broke a seven-match winless run that went on before that, which was part Santo and obviously part the previous manager as well. No clean sheets and eight for New uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, their last four in a row at home, they have lost. So their home form hasn't been great. Sangari is suspended for this one as well. Big week for Manchester United uh, off the field. So Jim Ratcliffe, that announcement being made on Christmas Eve, then going out and coming from two goals down at the half to Aston Villa, to win at Old Trafford in Germanic style, 3-2 was the final. Garnacho with the brace, could have been three. Hoyland, his first Premier League goal as well. It really was an uplifting occasion after a real difficult start to that game, conceding twice off of set pieces. Their away form for Manchester United hasn't been very good. Uh, losses at West Ham and Newcastle in their last three away. The draw came against Liverpool. Um these two sides played to a 3-2 Manchester United victory when they first met in match day three. Force went up 2-0 after four minutes, if you remember it. Worrell was sent off. Bruno Fernandes, a late penalty winner in that one. Head-to-head United haven't... Uh, actually, they've won 10 straight against Nottingham Forest. No losses in 11, and they've been the first half winner 8 out of 10. Forest haven't kept a clean sheet against United in 13, and they played to over two and a half in eight of 10. So both teams coming off games where they scored three goals, both significant victories. Which team, if either, can build off of what they provided uh, with with some Boxing Day dramatics, Jake? I am going to take Forest to repeat. Um, Yeah, as you mentioned, there was no fluke. That Newcastle win was no fluke. Um, over three expected goals at St James's Park is something that no one's done since Man City. Was it the second game of last season when it was at four four or three three draw? Can't remember exactly the score, but um, City with it right to over three XG in that game. No one's done that at St James's Park since. Been fairly surprised actually by Forest's approach. They've been a little bit more attack minded than what I expected, but they still look to play on the counter attack under Nuno, which. Yeah, absolutely shredded Newcastle um, with the pace that they had. I think they can do the same to Man United because Man United, I think, are a team that needs space to play in. Uh, We saw that against Aston Villa. Aston Villa, they play quite open and it suited United to the ground. They play a high line, suited United to the ground. Forest are going to sit deep. They're going to play on the counter-attack and I think that's a really difficult game for United. It's going to be more like the West Ham away game we saw uh, pre-Christmas where West Ham were very content in the shape. And then sprung with the pace of, of Kudus and, and Bowen and, the, and obviously the quality of Pakita. So I think that this is a very good spot for Nottingham Forest um, to get another win. <clears throat> the just question for me was, do I back them outright or do I back them on the handicap? Because the handicap is plus a quarter. So yeah, half a bet on, on the draw, no bet, half a bet on avoiding defeat. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm just going to take half a unit on Forest to win at plus 223. Um, unlock that in because I think they've got a couple of goals in them and I think that this counter-attack is going to cause United all sorts of headaches Um, our final head-to-head shall we of 2023 yeah why not you want to give me another one don't you no, because I well, it's been absolutely one-sided in Jake versus Gareth but here I'm pretty confident that United (laughs) can come out with a outright victory here uh, okay. United at plus 122. Uh, I, I'm taking it. I, I thought that there was a good mix in the team. I do have some questions whether uh, Erickson will be able to go in back-to-back games. He was outstanding. Uh, Marcus Rashford, it was unquestionably his best game of the season. Um, I'm not sure that's a high bar <laughs> that it required him getting <laughs> over, but but he was very good and Garnacho seemed much more comfortable coming down that right side. There's these games that come about once in a while that you're like, 
what does it mean? And will it mean anything at all? And there, Bruno Fernandez asked about this after the game. He's like, I'm not even going to comment about this one game at a time, so on and so forth. But, but I, I do think there was something to it. Um, that was as close to a must win um, as you can, as you can have in a, in what is an otherwise meaningless game, right? I say a must win because just everything has been so toxic. Like I, I really came to the point after West Ham understanding that there's changes the way the club was going to be run, but I'm like, how do they keep Eric Ten Hag? Like it just, it didn't make, it didn't seem like there was very many lifelines being thrown his way, but this is one, this, I think this is absolutely one. And they're playing a team that's been struggling at home. A new, I get what you say about that win at St. James's Park, but they look <clears throat> Newcastle look completely knackered. They look absolutely like a like a heavyweight fighter that's in like round eleven, just like just trying to stay on their on their feet, and they, they just they just simply could not. Um, there's calls that didn't go Newcastle's way that could have, could have, would have, should in that game. I'm not taking anything away from Nottingham Forest, but I think if you look where the horses are and the, the the real thoroughbreds in this game, they all reside with Manchester United. I just, I don't know if Chris Wood and Anthony Alanga and company can, you know, really provide the threat that players like Jared Bowen and Pakita did. You know, you compared it to the West Ham game, so I think you're getting a decent number at plus one twenty two for a Manchester United outright win here. So. Uh, we'll see if they can replicate that. It sounds like Luke Shaw might be c- close to coming back into the team. If so, they get a little bit stronger, whether at center back, whether at left back. And they, and they were relatively solid. No more experiment experimentation. I think that Tenog can roll with Maynou, with Bruno, with Erickson, with Varane, with Evans. I know a lot of experience in those legs, but it works. And I, and I thought that they played really well. Um, against Villa, against a really good team in Aston Villa. So um, I'm yeah. just banking on them being able, able to replicate <clears throat> that performance. That's what it is. It's not the numbers. Yeah. It's not the data. Their away form has been poor. But you keep on saying one of these times, and I think that th- there's a legitimate case to be made that this will be one of those times. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I just think styles make fights. And I think this is a very – I think this is should be – a very favourable matchup for Nottingham Forest in the way in which they play. And I don't think Man United are at their best when they've dominated possession. I think, you know, we saw it in the first game, um, the first meeting where Forest played in the same manner. They were 2 nil up. And if they played it a bit shrewder, they probably would have been 3 nil up, 4 nil up because they were playing absolutely shredding United on the counter-attack. And I think it took... Uh, United were pretty much fitter in terms of squad um, to be able to bring options off the bench to turn that one around and throw the kitchen sink. I just don't see that happening this time around. I, I really do think this is a bad matchup for United. Uh, I think they're going to struggle to create anything. Um, and yeah, it's just a case for me. Can Forest score? If they can score, I do think that they're going to win a game. So yeah. How do you want to do the uh, the head-to-head? Do you want to just do straight win? Straight and... wins and a draw is a push. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, we'll see. Again, United won 10 straight against Nottingham Forest. So... Let's, let's new ride manager. that streak. It's a new manager now. It's really a different era. They haven't played a lot of games in, yeah, the, yeah. in the modern era as well. But um, let history be on my side in the final game of 2023. <laughs> uh, let's move things forward to a couple of New Year's Eve fixtures. And let's start off. This one should be a, a really good game of football. We'll see what players are available. But it's Spurs and Bournemouth. On New Year's Eve, um, Spurs, we're recording this podcast as they are playing Brighton on Thursday. Um, but before that, they were coming off with three consecutive victories for Spurs. They played to over two and a half and eight of nine. Uh, both teams to score in eight of nine. They've been the first to score in like virtually every game they played since the beginning of Mankind. It's felt that way, but they <laughs> score first every game. Uh, Spurs are coming off two consecutive victories at home, but they did lose three straight games at home before that. The concerns are on availability. Basuma's still suspended. Christian Romero's out, so they have the fullback back four. Um, that served them well. Vandeven's coming back, but that's more like the middle of January than New Year's Eve. Um, as for Bournemouth, I mean, we saw and we believed that Bournemouth were going to turn things around, but going on a run like this has been pretty special. 3-0 victory over Fulham at home. Four straight wins. 
They have six wins and a draw in their last seven games overall. Just incredible. They've gone over two and a half in five of six. And they've been the first to score, take that Spurs, in six of seven. And they've won four straight away games. So Bournemouth are coming into this red hot. Head-to-head, however, it was a 2-0 win for Spurs away earlier this season. And Bournemouth don't have a clean sheet against Spurs in their last three games played. So... Not knowing where exactly Spurs are coming out of this game against Brighton on Thursday night, we do have a decent read on where Bournemouth are right now. So uh, does it leave you with a play for this one, Jake? For sure, yeah. And it's similar to the the style makes fight um, argument for the Nottingham Forest Monday night game. I think this is a good game for Bournemouth. They, they've shown that they are a team that like the opposition to come on to them and, and press hard and um, give them the opportunities to pick ball, win the ball in, in dangerous areas. And Tottenham are going to play exactly like that. I think this could be a really good game for the neutral to watch. I think it could be a good game for Bournemouth to, to cause all sorts of problems for Spurs, especially with what's going to be a makeshift back line. Um, yeah, it looks like it's probably going to be Emerson Royal and Ben Davies again at centre-half. For that game, uh, provided not <laughs> neither of them gets injured. Slanky so in is licking his chops. Oh my! Exactly. God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. Um, and yeah, but Bournemouth. The as you said, the, the turnaround's been. Like, we, we kind of expected some sort of uplift, but the, this run that they're on now is pretty phenomenal. And and yeah, they're only a couple of points outside the top half. They've been the the second best team on underlying data um, since the start of December. So it's that six, seven games now. Um, yeah, I've got no reason to jump ship. I think this is, as I said, a good matchup. Bournemouth are a good team. They're putting up really good numbers defensively and offensively. Uh, I'm taking Bournemouth on the handicap plus three quarters. So, yeah, if they lose by a goal, we get a half loss. Um, if they avoid defeat, we get a full win at, at minus 106. So, yeah, uh, you're nodding your head, I'm guessing. Is it, is it agreement? Are we agreeing on that one as well? Exact exact same. I, 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 can't, I, I can't change it. Uh, or I can't come up with another angle here. I was looking at goal totals. It's three, three and a half for this game. It's big, it isn't it? It's high, but like, yeah. am I going to bet against it? Like, that's the thing. It's screaming out for us to get on the unders here. It really is. But again, at this point, just that Spurs back line. I just, <laughs> whew, it, it, it's, it's just a tough one. I, I What I like about Bournemouth is that Areola's like, settled on this front four of like Cliver Tavernier. Like they don't lose when these guys are in the team in Solanke. Like they're getting plenty of service as well. The center backs are really good. They're solid at the fullback positions. Utara has been excellent defensively. They've been doing this without Lloyd Kelly playing either. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> a pretty important player for this team. So it, it, it's been impressive. Um, perhaps Spurs come out and 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 play like they did in the two or the, the two nil victory earlier this season. But at this point, I'm I'm just going to continue to back Bournemouth. Different Bournemouth, diff- like different they went to Bournemouth, Old and just yeah. smashed United. I know United wasn't a great way at that time, but it was so comfortable in terms of the process um, as well. So yeah, at this point, um, exact same play as you, full unit play as well. Nice. Uh, so two agreements and one disagreement. One head to so head. Well, yeah. l- let's Ooh. see which way we go on this one. It's the final yeah. game of uh, 2023. It's Fulham in Arsenal. Fulham were smashed 3 0 at the aforementioned Bournemouth. Uh, three losses in a row. In fact, that Royal, Royal Jimenez sending off against Newcastle. Since that time, well, they lost that game 3 0 against Newcastle. Then they lost 2 0 at home to Burnley. And then 3 0 lost to Bournemouth. Raul is the way. Jimenez. Without Jimenez, no chance. Uh, but Fulham, however, they've still conceded goals. <laughs> they've gone over two and a half in seven of their last nine. Uh, three wins at home for Fulham before that 2-0 loss to Burnley. As for Arsenal, they play West Ham on Thursday. Um, and before that, they played to a 1-1 draw at Liverpool. Arsenal have actually gone to the under in all competitions, under 2.5 in four of their last five, but they have been first to score in eight, eight of nine. The interesting data comes from the head-to-heads between these two sides because they played to a 2-2 draw earlier this season. Remember, 
Arsenal were up 2-1 in that game. Bassi was sent off in the 83rd. And then Polina ended up scoring the 89th. And Triori could have won it outright for Fulham. Had a great chance late. So it finished 2-2. Arsenal, however, haven't lost to Fulham in 11. Fulham, no clean sheets against Arsenal in 17. They've gone over 2 and a half in 6 of 7. And both teams <coughs> score in 5 of 7 in this matchup as well. So... Arsenal looking like a real title contender here. But I think this game might be a little bit more tricky than advertised, especially if Willian comes back in. He did not play against Bournemouth. And he provides a little bit of that now that savvy um, in the attacking areas that no Jimenez, no Willian. They might be a little bit limited. So we'll see if Willian can come back in or not. Um, regardless, do you have a play uh, in Fulham Arsenal to close out 2023? No, I don't. There's nothing that I like in this one. Um, happy to move on from it fairly quickly. The, the main reason is just Fulham. I just can't get a handle on them at the moment. Um, you know, we saw them go on that little mini run, scoring a lot of goals. Um, and then the last couple of games have just been non-existent. It's been almost like polar opposites teams. And, and that's a little bit too much um, unreliability for me to, to get involved in anything, whether that be a goal line. Obviously, the Arsenal's performances of late would say unders is the play. Um, but given the way Fulham have defended the last couple it could easily go over on their own um, and yeah Arsenal away from home don't tend to blow teams out of the water they tend to win fairly narrow matches so again that the handicap line at minus one doesn't really appeal yeah happy to just avoid it the history in this fixture's goals that's why like everything in terms of their current form <clears throat> is telling me Arsenal to win to nil at plus 179 is the play in this game um, you're right. You can't get a read on Fulham. They haven't been very good as of late. You know what? Let, let's make a half play on that because that's a big number. Arsenal, um, you know, d- despite some of their, their their flaws in certain areas, like the fullback position, just that center back, they're so good. And I just look at this Fulham team. Where are the goals going to come from against Arsenal in this game where they might be a little bit more content on sitting back and, and, and playing a little bit more defensive that way? So, Give me Arsenal win to nil at plus 179, a half unit play. Uh, it completely bucks the trend of recent history between these two sides, but um, I don't know. That number's too big for me. So that's why I'll just make a half unit play right there. So, yep, that's it. We can move things forward to 2024, way into the future. Uh, it's Liverpool and Newcastle and Newcastle don't want to be thinking about the way that 2023 ended, nor the last time these two sides played. Newcastle was up a man in that game, 10 men Liverpool and Nunez came back to score two late goals to beat Newcastle at home two one in that fixture. Liverpool still on decent form. It's been solid yet not spectacular. I think that's the best way of putting it coming off a two nil victory over Burnley. Haven't lost a game in four, no losses in 12 overall in the premier league for Liverpool back to back home draws. However, they do have a little bit of an issue at left back. Robertson's going to recover and return sometime in January. It looks like, but Simicass is now out. I believe he broke his collarbone last game. So they're not going to have a left back that just, bombs forward and really adds to the attack. I'm sure Liverpool will be A-OK. However, uh, as for Newcastle, just a 3-1 home loss. They look completely out of steam. Lost to Nottingham Forest. Three losses in a row overall. No clean sheet in their last three. They have gone over two and a half in five of seven overall. That is six losses in seven games in all competitions. Things get even worse when you look at their away form in the Premier League. Five points is the second worst away point total in the Premier League. Listen to this. Like, the the recent away form, a 1-0 away loss to Luton Town, a 4-1 away loss to Spurs, a 3-0 away loss at Everton, a 2-0 away loss at Bournemouth, and before that, a 2-2 draw at Wolves, 2-2 draw at West Ham. Their last home win came all the way back on, or away win, I should say. Newcastle's last away win came September 24th, it was 8-0 against Sheffield United. Since that time, just it's been absolutely miserable. But everyone's happy with Howe and everyone's happy with Newcastle to a certain degree. Injuries have certainly played a part. I had dead, like I said, it was 2-1 Liverpool last time with 10 men. Liverpool, five straight wins, no losses in 14. And Newcastle haven't kept a clean sheet in six. So does this trend continue where Liverpool... 
Very difficult to beat at home, obviously, in Newcastle. Just dreadful away form. Do those trends continue in the first match of 2024? I think so, yeah. It's just a case of how we go about backing Liverpool to win for me in this game. Um, Newcastle's injury list is still extremely long. The fact that they've got six days between the last match and this match could be huge for them. Um, They play Boxing Day. Obviously, this is this New Year's Day. So, yeah, they've got a nice little break, which they've not had for a long while. So, I think we will get a better version of them. Um, yeah, I, I just can't I can't see anything other than a Liverpool win, just based on what we've seen from Newcastle away from home this season, conceding a lot of chances. Um, but as you mentioned, the, the results have been bad. The performances haven't been as bad as results would suggest. They've actually scored just... Well, they've scored 14 times in nine away games. Obviously, eight of those came... At Bramall Lane, so six times in eight of their other away matches. Um, but yeah, if if you take a look at their expected goals figures across those eight, they're generating around one point three expected goals for per game uh, when travelling, which is not it's not bad. And it suggests to me that they they, they can get on the score sheet at Anfield um, against what is, in my book anyway, still a very vulnerable uh, Liverpool defence. I know they've, they've kept a few clean sheets recently, mostly against. You know, poor attacking teams, Burnley, Man United, Sheffield United. Um, I think Newcastle have got a bit more about them and I think they'll be able to test Liverpool much more than, than they have been recently. So I'm taking Liverpool to win both teams to score at plus 169. Oof, nice play. I think that Newcastle can keep this close. If Manchester Ooh. United can can go to, old, uh, can go to Anfield... And come away with a goalless draw. I think Eddie Howe will be thinking very similar. Um, is, is McAllister playing for Liverpool? Not having a natural left back. We've seen how that has affected other teams across the Premier League. I don't. I, I wouldn't bet on Newcastle go to win this game. You mentioned it. That break to get get Lascelles back into the, the the team. Botman into some more rhythm. Joe Linton back into the team. Um, I think Newcastle can be competitive. I'm going on the Asian handicap. Newcastle at plus a goal at plus 120. And every single part of me will be hoping that they're able to squeeze out a draw at Anfield. Um, look, McAllister is exceptionally important to Liverpool. Jota back certainly helps. Scored the second goal against Burnley. But they were fortunate at times. Liverpool rode their luck at times in that game against Burnley. If they played a better team that day, I don't think they would have come away with a victory. Um, yeah, Liverpool's form hasn't been that great. If you just watch them play, the data, the numbers suggested as well. They're just not this goal creation machine like they have been. Mo Salah hasn't been in goal scoring form recently either. So, yeah, a Newcastle to keep it close. Yeah, Asian handicap, full unit play, uh, plus a goal at plus 120. So I, I think that Newcastle could be a little bit stubborn here. I think that break is really important for them, Jake. And I think that there will be a response after that 3-1 loss. This away form, they're, the, the away form is being dreadful, but they're not that bad. <laughs> I, I don't know if I could say that with a straight face, but I just don't feel their processes. I, I was actually speaking to some people in the industry and they're like, I still really like the way Newcastle plays. And a lot of them cannot believe where they find themselves in the table right now. So... Um, I think there's more substance there than than it's what what's been revealing, um, what's been revealed over the last little bit. So I think the Liverpool Liverpool to win this game outright minus two eleven Newcastle plus five forty four to win. Like there isn't that much between these two teams. So yeah, that's where I I don't know if you have anything to add on that, but I understand why you're making the Liverpool play because of their home form, Anfield, yada yada yada. I, I totally understand that. But really, when you look at these two teams, is Liverpool that much better than Newcastle? I don't know. I don't know. A fully fit Newcastle, probably not, no. But you are still missing quite a few key players, especially at the back. I think that's the main issue for me is that defensively, Newcastle is still, still a shadow of what we what we know in terms of the missing such key players uh, back there. Mainly, even the goalkeeper, you know, Nick Pope, having the goalkeeper is a big one. Yes, is huge. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know that Lascelles has been, played very well. They've got Botman and Sharbat, which is a positive. But they just—I don't know. I—I—I I, I, I see where you're coming from. I, I agree on the eye test. Liverpool haven't been fantastic since uh, the last international break. I think 
they're unbeaten in that time, um, which you know is the only positive. They've won games they should have won, uh, beating Burnley, Palace, Sheffield United, Fulham, and you know the three games against the three teams that finished in the top four last season: City, United, and Arsenal. They've drawn all three, um, and they've not played bad in in any of them. You know they they were pretty good against City, against United. It was a case of they just couldn't score, um, and against Arsenal, they should have had a penalty, shouldn't they? <laughs> which could have turned that game and made it, you know, a, a Liverpool win. So, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Liverpool haven't quite been there at those levels, but um, I don't know. Just they, they, they're just they're, they're managing to get by. It's similar to Arsenal. They're not blowing us away with their performances, but they're they're picking up results, and that's kind of what you've got to do when you're not playing at your best, right? And yeah, this is they, they'll they'll see this as a a very very winnable game. Um, compared to last season, where obviously Newcastle were they they were one one going into the ninety seventh minute Anfield was it and and there was a very mm-hmm. late goal that was scored. Um, so yeah, I, I think this. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination Newcastle will get hammered at Anfield, but I just I do think Liverpool will just have a bit too much for them. And, and just you mentioned it, Newcastle have got some players back, like Sharon Botman, you know, Burn Livermento, Trippy at the back. You can play Longstaff, Joe Linting, Bruno in the midfield. You know, you pick between Wilson, Isak, Gordon, Almiron. Like, there, there's a strong nucleus still there. I think that is just whether they're out of gas or not. And this little bit of lag, a little bit of time off, the fact that this game's being played, you know, a few days later, all these things will benefit Newcastle in this game. So I know it kind of goes against the data here, but. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's some value to be had in the Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're being a little bit underrated header heading into this game. Like if if you're looking at the handicap on Pinnacle minus point uh, minus a goal and a quarter, like that's a lot for Newcastle to be an away team in this game. So that's what jumped off the page to me. Uh, let's move forward with our uh, rapid fire: uh, Crystal Palace and Brentford, uh, two sides that are allergic or seemingly allergic to winning. Crystal Palace, no wins hmm. in eight. Brentford, four straight losses. Um, and head-to-head, that allergy to winning, by the way, their last five games that they played have all ended all ended up in a draw. <laughs> so <laughs> you dare bet one of these teams to go in and actually win this game, Jake? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I've, this is a tough game to call for me from a, a match-winner perspective, but I... I'm shocked that the goal total is so low. Um, we're getting two and a quarter as the over at minus 107. Like that just screams to me that it has to be backed. Because you know anybody who watched Crystal Palace the other night at Chelsea, now that they've got Elise and Eze back, they are much more attack-minded. They are much more creative. Mateta's a handful. Ayu is, I realise, the most fouled player in the Premier League on a per-90 basis. He's a handful wow. when he gets on the ball. Um and you know Brentford, defensive lapses cost them against Wolves, but they you know, they've got m- massive injury list, missing some key players as we've already discussed. Um, yeah, I, I think this this has got all the hallmarks of quite a high scoring game. Both teams are kind of well, yeah, they are looking over their shoulder, aren't they? In terms of the the relegation battle, they're not far enough away from the uh, Luton who've got 15 points, Palace who've got 18, Brentford who've got 19. So they're not too far enough away to kind of relax yet. And they both have this down as a, as a very winnable game. And yeah, I think Crystal Palace at home will play the aggressors. Brentford, it might suit them on the counter-attack. Um, and yeah, over 2.25 seems incredibly low to me. Um, if, if there's exactly two goals, we get half loss. And I'm, I think that's, you know, I'd be very shocked if there were... If there was less, if there's just one goal or zero goals, I'd be very shocked given the way these two have played recently. Totally with you. I, they must be based upon uh, in their last five games, which they drew each and every one, by the way. Um, they played to under uh, two and a half in all five of those games. However, Crystal Palace, both teams to score, has played in seven of nine. Brentford, both teams to score, has played in four of five. Um, both teams, I, I don't think they've had a clean sheet in their last eight games. So, uh, that goal total, play it now before that gets bought up. Over 2.25 at minus 107. Good number as well. A full unit play there. I cannot back Brentford. That's why I'm making a second play. Just look at their starting 11 from the last game. and They're not getting anyone back, I don't think, Jake. It's a real problem for them right now. Um, until they get some of these important players back, 
I don't, I've, I have no faith in, in this, in this team. It's unfortunate. So crystal palace on the handicap, um, minus 0.25 at minus one Oh five, a full unit play. So two plays for me in this game as well. Um, Brentford needs to get healthy and quick because when they're fit, um, they're a good team. This team, very good. Too many unknowns. A lot of problems there. City and Sheffield United, uh, a team that many would regard as the best in the Premier League against a team that many would regard as the worst in the Premier League. Although last time they play, I, I know it cost me. City only won away. It was it was a 2-1 final, but they're playing at the Etihad in this game. Still no Erling Holland, or he looks doubtful uh, for this game, but there has to be enough in the City side to put multiple, multiple goals past the Sheffield United team, isn't there? Yeah, you'd, you'd imagine so. Um, I, I'm not making a play on this, though. Any Anytime there's a, a home team that are minus 1,281 to win the game and the handicap is minus two and three quarters and the goal line's three and a half, like, there's so little margin for error. Um, you know, Sheffield United, we, I could easily see them turning up and being very stubborn, tough to beat, sitting in their own box and... and Ultimately, keep the score down, maybe 2 0, and that scuppers quite a lot of bets. So, I'm happy to just watch this one. Um, let's go both teams to score no and over two and a half, meaning City need to score three goals to win this game. A full unit play at plus 136. So, come away with a clean sheet against a team I really think is going to have a difficult time creating. You know, that these games where City have done this to like Bournemouth at home like it's one of those games it's a little bit runaway this one kind of has this feel it comes with a little bit of trepidation here based on them playing at the world club whatever world cup and the fact that some of their players are injured does doku does he is he able to come back at this point i just look at this city team there's just far too much quality in this game i just think that they will overrun the best against worst I know how it played out last time, but the Etihad against teams like this sometimes are used as a punching bag. And that's what I'm hoping for this one as well. So both teams have scored no, and the total of plus 136. It, it buys me down a goal to three because the total on pinnacle for City goals in this game is over three and a half, meaning they need to score four at plus 133. So this way they need to score three. Uh, that's it. And it also keeps away from the total. We're on pinnacle as well. It's over three and a half at minus 120. So based on where the total set, it's suggesting to you that City can go on and, and run this. And this is the best way to get to that point, getting the best total, um, as well as a little bit of a lower number. So that's what I'm going for uh, in this game. If that made sense. Just wanted to yeah, nice. walk through that play just a little bit more. Uh, Aston Villa and Burnley, the best home side in the Premier League against Aston Villa. Do they, you know, step up after uh, relinquishing that 2-0 lead against Manchester United, losing 3-2? Burnley coming off a couple decent performances in their own right as well. Look, they were always going to be in tough against Liverpool, but an away win last time out at Fulham. Are they showing any signs of life? What do you make of this game, Jake? I think this is a bounce back for Villa. Take them on the handicap. Um, yeah, they, they, they'll be kicking themselves after midweek. They kind of left it way too open that second half. If they just shut up shop, played a little bit more conservatively, they'd have won that game very comfortably. Um, but yeah, they'll not make that mistake this weekend. I think Burnley are a team that kind of, you know, they, they str- didn't struggle, but they didn't, didn't play their best against Sheffield United pre-Christmas where the Blades basically just parked the bus. Burnley are not going to park the bus. Uh, Villa are going to get space, going to create chances, and they should win quite comfortably. So, yeah, I'm taking Villa minus one and a half, and it's plus one, plus number as well. Yep. Um, yep, with you on all that. Uh, best home side data points-wise, Aston Villa is that. A little bit weird Diaby, wasn't I think Diaby could have torched United, to be honest with you. Uh, we'll see if he comes back in. Pau Torres looks like he'll be good to come back in. They really missed him at center back, so... Yeah, big bounce back spot. This one is all about the bounce back spot for Aston Villa. Context is really good. Full unit play. Villa in the handicap, a goal and a half at plus 105. So a two goal win would suit us both. Uh, Two teams I really like. A lot about the way that they play. Um, And this one's a difficult one for me. It's Wolves and Everton. Uh, Do you 
I, I don't know if you echo my sentiment. I just really like the way both these team, two teams play, but going up against one another, it's a little bit of a tough one here for me. Um, I, I think goals is the play again. You know, this is, I'm shocked that we're getting plus 109 around over two and a half goals. I really am. I mean, anybody who's watched Wolves play this season knows that the total for every game should be set at least at two and three quarters because they create so much um, and they concede so many chances, especially when they're fully fit and they've got a full complement, which they have um, pretty much for this this game. I think, like as we were discussing before, not long until the Asian players go off um, for their version of, uh, is it the Asian Cup? Um, so that means Huang's going to be missing. He's obviously been a key player, but yeah, he's here for this. Everton, they gave a decent account of themselves against Man City. They continued to perform very well away from home. In particular, they're scoring a lot of goals, creating chances. So I, I don't understand why we're getting such a big number for the overs. I'll play it a little bit more safe. I'm going to go both teams to score yes at minus 123. Um, Wolves and Everton, both teams to score in 8 of 10. And both teams have gone over the total in 8 of 10. So I'm just safeguarding if it's one of those random one ones, which seems to happen to me every time I bet Brighton now. Uh, but two really informed teams: Wolves three wins and two draws and five at home. Everton three wins in their last four away from home. So we'll stay away from the result, and I'll just play it a little bit safer than you. But I'm going to discourage making the total play at all. Um, but yeah, both teams score yes at minus one twenty three, and the final game of the I can't even say the weekend. It's being played on Tuesday, January second. It's West Ham and Brighton. Remember the last time these two sides played? Like Brighton had like 80% of the possession and lost 3-1 at home. <laughs> Do you see things playing out in a similar way? Do you have a play for this final game of the match day? Um, yeah, I, I got West Ham to win down here at plus 137. I think that's a big number given how they played recently. Um, obviously, we don't know what's happened for West Ham. Um, on Thursday against Arsenal. I don't expect them to have won that game, but this is going to be completely different um, at home as well, where they've been very strong. Um, and yeah, Brighton, they've got so many injuries. They're currently, well, we're recording this, uh, it's the 35th minute in the Brighton Spurs game. Brighton are 2 nil up. So they are currently looking like picking What did up I tell nice... you before this podcast? I was heavily invested on uh, Brighton's against Spurs. So that brings a smile they, to my they're face. They're doing very well so far. They, they could be three or four up as well, to be honest. Um, yeah, they're, they're playing well. And I think the thing we all, always forget with Brighton is that they are more than the sum of the parts. Like the individuals that they've got probably aren't the best on paper. Um like they don't stand, not standout names, Hinshelwood, Milner, but as a team, they all play brilliantly. Having said that, going back to the old Forest Man United and um, the the styles make fights. This is one game where every single year, basically, West Ham seem to do pretty well against Brighton and and just in general against these kind of teams that are very gung ho and attack minded because they've got a very good defensive setup uh, and now they've got a lot of. Um, pace, trickery, quality in forward areas where, you know, they, with Kudus adding him, um, putting Bowen more centrally, showing up the midfield with a, with a Suchek, Alvarez, Warprouse uh, trio, and obviously Paqueta drifting off the left with Emerson bombing on as a, as a left, basically a left winger. They they are well set up to cause Brighton problems. So, um, yeah, I... I you know, despite what I've, I've seen so far from Brighton against Spurs, it, it's going to be a completely different game, this one, where Spurs kind of play into Brighton's hands. They make the game wide open. It means there's loads of space for them to play in. West Ham won't do that. And I, I think I'm, I'm... What I would say, though, is if this carries on as it is for Brighton, that West Ham price will move out. So I would wait to to make, to make that bet because I think you will get a bigger price. Um yeah, obviously, if West Ham go to the Emirates and, and beat Arsenal, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a very short window for that to happen. But um, yeah, this could be one to wait before kickoff, but I'm, I'm happy to lock in at that price. I think that's still a, a very good price. We're foreshadowing here we're playing a guessing game because the game's going on right now. But I'm going to guess that Brighton's yeah. going to concede because they've conceded in every Maybe. game this year. <laughs> so the, the, who knows where the number will end up. But what I do know is... Why not start 2024 like I've played all of 2023 when it comes to Brighton? Both teams to score in over two and a half. And stop 
finishing games 1-1 in games that have no reason finishing to the under. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, let's just do a half unit play here because just because the unknown West Ham's playing Thursday, we're doing this, but a half unit play. Yes. Both teams to score in the over two and a half at minus one twelve. You know, it's, it's, some habits just nice. don't change when the calendar flips like these whole things, new year's resolutions. I don't believe in them. I don't buy them just because it's January 1st. Doesn't mean you change your ways. Then you're lazy. If you're just putting things off till the new year, just get it done now or just don't change. And I'm just, not going to change. I'm stubborn like that. Uh, anything you, you want <laughs> else you want to add about uh, uh, Match Day uh, Game Day Twenty in the Premier League, Jake? No, not really. No, I just wouldn't be surprised to see goals continue to fly in. Um, we're seeing a lot more goals, aren't we? Just in general, there's been so many goals. Um, I, I can't see it stopping. I think we've got so many attack-minded coaches, so many attack-minded teams. Um, in the division this year that, yeah, I'd be very surprised to see the goal train grind to a halt, especially with the injuries, the game pile onto the legs should just open up a little bit more. So, um, yeah, very surprised to see some of the lines so low and some of the prices so big. Brilliant. And a favourite play this weekend before we wrap up? Favourite play? Probably probably over two and a quarter in the Palace-Brentford game. I think that total is way too low. I think I convinced myself a late Newcastle at that Anfield. <laughs> I think I was that convincing. So perhaps I convinced you out there as well. Don't, don't know if that's my favorite play, but I, I came into this week thinking I didn't really like the board and I've convinced myself about a bunch of plays um, this week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's go Villa yeah. Burnley. Villa and the handicap is my favorite player of the week. And a yeah, plus nice. number, it's a Gareth Wheeler special here. So Villa and the handicap, big bounce back at home. Uh, on behalf of Jake and everyone at Pinnacle, we're wishing you a very happy new year. As always, be safe, be smart, but go in and have a good time. Life's short. And way to ring in and say goodbye to 2023, a very difficult year for so many. And we're hoping for bigger, better, and brighter in 2024. Jake, happy New Year's to you and yours, buddy. We'll do this again. Well, it'll be a couple weeks' time. It's FA Cup action. Uh, I'm going on vacation. Then we're going to come back with the Champions League betting blueprint and look ahead to another banner year in the Premier League as well. So uh, safe holidays. The rest of your holidays to you and yours, Jake. Thank you. Likewise, and enjoy your um, vacation. Have a nice time. Um, Me and my pale body. After the head-to-head battering you've taken. I feel like United, my team, is going to, you know, there's a reason I'm backing them here. We'll end 2023 on a high when it comes to the head-to-head. Start climbing my way back very slowly and surely. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Subscribe, like, tell your friends. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing this and hope that you have fun and learn something as well. Uh, play, you know, gamble responsibly, play safe, and enjoy. Uh, On behalf of Jake and everyone else, I am Gareth Wheeler. This has been EPL Insights presented by Pinnacle.